0: It's draft week here on TSN 1050. Friday is the big day. You can catch the action on TSN and TSN 1050 to help us look ahead to some of the things that go into the decision-making in and around draft time. Kyle Dubas, the general manager of the Sioux Greyhounds, joins us now. Kyle, it's nice to have you back on the show.
1: Thanks for having me back, guys.
0: So size and speed are always attractive to a scout, whether it's in, uh, in your world where you're finding Bantam kids or, or the next level where you're trying to find pros. Size, speed, hard shot, righty shot, all these things are what we know scouts look for. What is the skill that is most underrated and most often goes overlooked?
1: Well, you you didn't mention uh, skill. So I would, would, in my opinion, I think that's that's the most important thing. I think especially um, when you're talking about first-round picks, you you want guys whether they're forwards or defensemen that that have the skill to play in your you know on your top line or in your top defense pairing. You know you're not going to play as a forward 18 to 23 minutes a night or as a defenseman 25 to 30 minutes a night if you can't play in all situations. And in order to do that, you need to have uh, elite skill level. Uh, there aren't many guys uh, that uh, on on good teams they don't carry many guys with average or below average skill and they're in their top six forwards or their top four defense. And, and that to me is is the most important thing and always a fascinating thing to watch as uh, you know, the various uh, experts come out with their pre-draft uh, rankings and mock drafts and, and then to see how it all unfolds on Friday and Saturday in Philadelphia.
0: Kyle, increasingly NHL GMs would like to find players that we would deem possession players, players that help you hang on to the puck. And obviously the skill you described is just that. But nobody would say that Justin Williams with the LA Kings is a wildly skilled player. And yet he is very positive when it comes to his possession numbers. How do scouts look for someone who might evolve into a Justin Williams, not an all-star type player, but a guy who just makes good decisions and helps you win
1: with Justin Williams. It's it's a fascinating uh, player to watch because again, anybody that, uh, that, even if you dabble and in, in the analytical uh, element of hockey and the way that that's progressing, it has a lot of time for Justin Williams and h- had long said that he was an underrated and undervalued player and it manifested itself uh, in in the playoffs this year with his, the whole Mr. Game Seven and and winning the Conn Trophy. But to to me, watching Justin Williams uh, and identifying what he does so well is is his ability to solve problems with the puck on the defensive zone wall and in the neutral zone and be able to make plays that that allow uh, his line mates to come into the puck after having uh, with speed and and having him instead of just dump the puck or or rim the puck or just throw it away he's got that innate sense uh, in terms of positioning his body and moving his moving his feet and body in the right direction to be able to Identify where he can move the puck safely. Uh, that can without, and I use that word safe, uh, not in the sense of just dumping it in or chipping it out, but safely to a teammate who's going to have some time and space to do something else with it. That, that to me is the greatest part about about Justin Williams is his ability to to consistently do that, particularly in the defensive zone and and in the neutral zone and uh, down low in the offensive zone as well uh, against the against the wall or in the middle of the ice. Just that ability to hold on to an extra split second and, and make a good play rather than give it to a teammate uh, who's going to be in a tough spot or just th- throw it away.
0: Kyle, how hard is it for scouts to understand hockey intelligence of a 17-year-old? I mean, it's one thing to look at size. Aaron Neckblad, he's big. He's never not going to be big. He's 6'4 right now. But these are kids who are still learning to play. In a lot of cases, they go to teams where maybe they're not teaching them the right way to play. So if you were a scout, how hard is it to figure out hockey IQ? Uh,
1: its It's... To me, it's a, always a very interesting thing. I think you and and difficult. There are players that, personally, when when we're going to watch players that are minor midget age, you you know the guys that have you know the, the buzzword that people use is, is hockey sense or you know hockey IQ now and. Those, those players always jump out to you. They, they think the game at a, at a level above the, well above the average player at their, in their peer group. And because of the disparity in skill level at the minor midget, it's, it's a lot easier to identify those types of players that are special when it comes to their ability to think the game, solve problems with the puck, and make plays with the puck. To me, it especially jumps out in the neutral zone. And plays that, that players make in the neutral zone, where things aren't necessarily as regimented as they are in the defensive zone, where you know at, at minor hockey, defensive moves the puck to the winger, wingers trying to move the puck to the center and get it out. It's it's fairly it's it's fairly easy to to see which guys can make plays there. But when you're in the neutral zone and, and the game's a little bit more crowded and all five guys are in in, in closer quarters uh, a little bit, and the opposition is trying to step up, and you've got back pressure coming from their forwards, and your team is trying to support you you can to me identify the players that are able to think the game a little bit faster because it requires quicker decision making and solve problems with the puck and and that to me is where it jumps out in in our league uh and at minor midget is what players do with the puck in in the neutral zone if they're what they're able to see and, and how often they're able to to make a real just a positive play which allows their team to to cleanly enter the opposition zone
2: Joined by Kyle Dubas, general manager of the Sioux Greyhounds, right here on TSN 1050. Um, I want to go back. You were talking earlier about skill and obviously a very important thing to be a successful hockey player. There was a curious quote from Sidney Crosby who talked about the playoffs this year and how it gets tougher and tougher and it's a grind with each round. And, And he actually said, you know, talked about maybe we got away with a bit too much on skill during the regular seasons and they rely too much of it. Is having too much skill ever a bad thing?
1: Not to me um, <laughs> and I don't think it was a problem for Pittsburgh when they when they won the Stanley Cup either. Um, I think when you lose in the playoffs the narrative automatically goes to that. You see very very rarely does a team lose in the playoffs and, and is it, you think the easy narrative through the history of hockey has been to go on and say well, the other team their work ethic was better they were bigger they physically defeated us so on and so forth um and that seems to be the excuse of the 15 losing teams uh, throughout the playoffs and and the winner is able to dictate the narrative and uh, every year and last year when chicago won it was well you have to have four lines with skill and now that LA won the narrative is that well you have to have a big heavy team and when Detroit won it with skill and Pittsburgh won it with skill and it, Boston wins it's being big and physical and it changes year to year um, I think in a perfect world if you could have a, a, you know one of the bigger teams in the league but also with the highest level of skill where you're able to you physically handle yourself, but also outmaneuver the opposition. That would be that'd be wonderful, um, but it doesn't, especially in a salary cap world, work out that way. And um, you know, I think at the end, there's teams that win, whether they even realize it or not. their Their top, you know, their top six forwards, top nine forwards, and their defense. They all have a very, very high degree of skill. Um, but I, I think. Especially in the playoffs, it's easy when you lose to, to look at uh, you know, the size element or the physicality p- portion of the game and say that was why you lost.
2: So when Boston wins, it's because of size. When Pittsburgh won in 2009, it's because of skill. Going by that logic, if the Maple Leafs won, it was because of their ability to sign a deal with the devil and create an (laughs) alternate reality where up is down, down is up, and things don't exist. Um, Last question for me, Kyle. Uh, Recently on your uh, Twitter account, you tweeted out an article, uh, and the title was, In Defense of Luck. When it comes to winning it all, how much is about skill? Smart general manager, smart coach. How much of it's about luck?
1: I think a a large part of it has to do with with luck. Um, You know, obviously, you try to put yourself in the position to give your your team or yourself, no matter what walk of life you're in, uh, to have the highest probability at success. And to me, uh, in hockey, it's all those intangible things that we've we've talked about. you know, we've talked about skill and, and skating, speed and decision making and all, all of those things that we can't quite fully measure yet. We can approximate them through different measures. But I think a large part of, of every sport and everything in life has to do with, with luck. And though it's not the excuse that people want to hear when you lose, you say, well, you got unlucky or, you know, a couple things didn't go our way. It plays such a, a massive role uh, in in everything that we that we do in life, and things are are very random, and and you know, luck plays uh, a, a massive uh, a massive role in the way things go. I mean, you look at the San Jose series, and um, you know in hockey, I think luck is approximated by you know your shooting percentage if it's down, or your save percentage is down, and you know how all that can add up and you know I think everyone focuses on those key couple bounces where you hit the post or bounces over the defenseman's sticker off their skate and goes in and you say that that's unlucky but you can kind of add all that up and it and it plays a really really big role um but in a in sports, where you know you're you're paid to have all the answers and and are supposed to have all the answers, luck sometimes doesn't uh, doesn't get it to do in terms of the influence that it has, but it, it plays such a massive massive role in everything.
0: It's very hard to sit in the owner's office and explain that sometimes you just don't get the bounces, and that's <laughs> why your multi-million dollar signing didn't work. Kyle, thank you so much for joining <laughs> us today. It's always a pleasure catching up with you, and good luck with your kid going into the into the draft. Uh, Jerry McCann, fingers crossed, he's drafted high.
1: For sure. Thank you very much, guys.